0: Tonight we're going to pick up where we left off in our study of 1 John. So if you'll turn back to the book of 1 John, and we're in chapter 2. We're coming to the third condition of living as children of the light. We uh, looked last week at the fact that we need to be uh, in obedience to God in order to be children of, of the light. And from time to time, uh, I've been around people that want to insist on the fact that we are children of God. John addresses his audience in John chapter 2, looking at verse 12. 1 John chapter 2. Verse 12, he says, I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for His name's sake. He addresses his his readers by this word of liter, little children. And there's a lot of discussion and discourse as to what does he mean by little children. Little children. Uh, the, the Greek word there, uh, literally the word means... Born ones, well, I think everybody alive is a born one little children it 's a some Some uh, scholars point to the fact that he 's referring to his readers in this term as little children as a term of endearment uh, and there's there 's all kinds of people that want to point out that that john is is trying to to say that all the all of us are god's children that that's not the case uh, now we're all god's creation, and we've and God has created all of us, but we're not all of god's children it's not until you give your heart and life to Jesus Christ and not until you invite Jesus to come into your heart and life that you become a child of god it's it's not Uh, you don't just automatically uh, consider yourself a child of God just simply because you're living on this world and in this planet. And and I had people from time to time, while I was a student in seminary particularly, it, it seemed as though... People uh, gained a lot of joy and delight trying to trip up a, a seminary student. They, uh, it seemed like everybody. Uh, from time to time, I would pe- meet people and and they wanted to uh, either argue with me about some point and to see what I would do, or wanted to try and discount everything I was doing as a seminary student or. Uh, try and, and make it so I didn't uh, feel the call any longer to be a seminary student studying to be a pastor or a minister in the church. And and so uh, from time to time, I'd get these individuals that wanted to argue with, well, we're all God's children. We're all God. And and that sounds something that's good, something that maybe that God would say about all of creation that we're all God's children. We're all created by God, therefore we're all God's children. We're not all God's children if we're if we're not in the family of God. If we don't have a, a relationship with Jesus Christ, if we don't have a relationship with God, you can't be a child of God. You are a creation of God. You are a uh, the handiwork of God. And, and it's God's desire that you become a child of God. But it's not until you accept Jesus into your heart and life that you become a child of God. And as such, God desires for His children. If we have Jesus in our life, God desires that we Uh, that we grow in Christ that we and we talked about this some already Uh, it's good that we begin our life as a child of God and if we always come to God in a childlike manner and 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 it's good throughout our life to to have the simple faith of a child that is always trusting and believing in what God tells us and and consistently coming in uh, the reverence and awe of God to as a child of God, but God does not expect us to stay with a childlike mentality. He expects us to grow and to mature, to develop in our faith. Uh, as uh, the Bible said about Jesus, He grew in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. He expects us as Christians to grow in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. To grow in an understanding and, and, and a development of our our, uh, Christian walk and and expects us to be not just simply a child of God, but someone who grows in that relationship. And as such, John is teaching about living in the light of being a child of God that uh, that is not subject to the winds and the whims of the world that that uh, flows here and there just simply because of of what one thing that might come along today and another thing that comes along tomorrow. I had a an experience with someone that was like this—that uh, he tended to just simply want to uh, to go with whatever was 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 popular at the moment about uh, God and about a relationship with God—and he he saw his uh, his relationship with God as as uh, something that was free and moving and 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 uh, I think he was. Uh, somebody stuck in the 60s, a hippie mentality of, of just simply, uh, if we just simply love, if we love and, and love is going to take, look, uh, we are expected to love one another. We're expected to love God. We're expected to to love those who are outside of the family of God to try and uh, reach them and love and compassion and a desire to see them in the love of God. But we have to be someone who is actively uh, striving Striving to be more like Christ and working to be like Him and it takes more than just simply a, 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 the simple attitude of a child of well if we just love if we just love if we just love then we're, we're going to be okay well you do need to love but you need to do some other things and and we talked about obedience last week and this week uh the third condition is a rejection of the world and and John picks that up And the the verses that we're going to study tonight, verses 12 through 17 of chapter 2 of 1 John, he says, "'I write unto you, little children, "'because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. "'And I write unto you, fathers, "'because you have known him that is from the beginning. "'And I write unto you, young men, "'because ye have overcome the wicked one. "'And I write unto you, little children, "'because ye have known the Father.'" And I have written unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. And I have written unto you, young men, because you are strong. And the word of God abideth in you, and ye have overcome the wicked one. Love not as the world neither the things that are in the world. And if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away in the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So first I want you to see that this passage of Scripture of uh, verses 12 through 17. All belong together and they're all a section of of teaching of John but this, this section is broken up into two parts and you probably can see that in looking at this that there's a different tone between verses 12 through 14 and verses 15 through 17 there's a different tone between these two sections first uh, look at, at 12 through 14 with me and he says I write to you little children uh, and he says, says this in a uh th- there's a lot of debate and i mean a lot of debate as to why does john talk about little children then fathers then young men and uh 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 and older men he he why does John go into such great lengths to name all these different groups? And some want to say, well, it has to do with uh, he's writing to different groups and others he's talking about different stages in life. And and first I want you to see that when he says, I write unto you little children, he's. Uh, it's generally agreed that he is He's addressing all of the of the believers in the church that he's writing to uh, this community of, of followers of Jesus Christ. When he says "little children," he's writing to all of them. He's saying, "I write unto you, little children, because uh, it is a term of endearment, a term of love." He's expressing uh, his uh, desire to to teach them, and he's saying uh you're like my little it's like he's saying you're my little children because you are all product of my ministry in this church you are all followers of jesus christ and you are all growing in the faith and so you are all like little children he's but he doesn't stop there he, he says i write into you little children because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake and so john is is addressing the whole issue of you remember uh, when we first started this, that John had a clear problem with a group of people that were coming in and they were a group of of individuals that were teaching Gnosticism. This idea that knowledge gets us closer to God and just simply knowing uh, about God and knowing God's law, knowing uh, the law Knowing, knowing God, is, and in some instances, in some cases, there were individuals who taught that they had a special knowledge of God that they had, uh, and you see it even in today uh, today's uh, world, where there are people that are preaching on TV today that talk about the fact that well, I've got a special dispensation from God. I've gotten a special word from God and I'm going to share it with you because you're listening to me and the whole idea is is they use this in today's... uh uh, world. Uh, these these individuals that talk this way talk about, uh, well, I have a special word for you and you need to send me a donation and I'll send you some CDs and you'll have uh, a special word from God that can help you make a lot of money or help you to be fulfilled or help you to have a, a, a better life and or to have uh, the dream job or the dream car that you always wanted to have. It's always related to This mentality that uh, this special word from God will get you closer to God, and then you'll be blessed with all these material things. And John was dealing with that issue even in his day in this scripture. Uh, this group of, of Gnostics were teaching that that they didn't have to worry about sin. They didn't have to worry about obedience. They didn't have to worry about uh, living a certain type of life that was close... Uh, was. Uh, striving to uh, be obedient to God and to live a godly life. They didn't have to do all that because they had this special knowledge of God and they were closer to God because of that knowledge. And John is saying, no, in order to be children of God, it's not a special knowledge from God. God gives us all the wisdom From him, but we have to understand it. We're in a struggle, in a battle with sin in our life. And the first way of overcoming that sin that is plaguing our life is obedience to god and walking in the light of of jesus christ and this third aspect is is to renounce the things of this world to to set aside the worldliness and so he says i write to you because your sins are forgiven you and you need to understand that it's through the power of jesus christ what jesus did on the cross that affords you the salvation and the forgiveness of sins. He says, You're all, you've you all been forgiven. Now, how can you say this? Because He was there and brought them into the uh, the faith, brought them into a relationship with Jesus Christ. He says, I know your sins are forgiven because I've led you in an understanding of who Jesus Christ is as the Messiah. And I, and you understand and know that Jesus is the one who's bringing you salvation. He says, all of you... He says, I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. His namesake being Jesus' name. Why Jesus' name? Because He is the one who died for you on the cross. So He's speaking with people that know Jesus Christ. He knows they know Jesus because He has led them uh, in their walk, in their faith. And so He says, I write to you because your sins are forgiven because of the trust that you've placed in Jesus Christ. And so He then breaks up His discussion Because there are people in any body of Christ that are at different levels of maturity in in Christ. And so he says, I write to you, fathers. Now, there are some who want to say that this word um, uh, could be uh, like the term for elders. Uh, I write to you, those of you who are uh, that that are more mature in Christ because you have known him that is from the beginning. So uh, they are those who are in Christ who have a relationship with with Jesus Christ and you have an assurance of your relationship with Jesus Christ because you know Him who is from the beginning. Now, who's the one who's from the beginning? Uh, in John's Gospel, he writes... Uh, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. He's speaking about Jesus Christ. And so here he is speaking about Jesus Christ, the one who is from the beginning. He says, I'm writing to you fathers because you have an awareness of uh, your relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm writing to you young men. Now these are are people who are uh, either... Followers of Jesus Christ, because of the ones who are the more mature, the fathers who have led others in they have progressed in their walk with Christ because now they have not only are disciples of Jesus Christ, but they are followers who are disciples who have made disciples of others. And these are those young men, those uh, young individuals who have followed in the name of Jesus Christ as a result of the testimony of those who who He's calling fathers. He says, I'm writing to you young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. So he's writing to those individuals, uh, those younger Christians, because they have overcome the wicked one. They have set aside their uh, the relationship that they had with the world and they're striving to be uh, like Christ and they're striving to have a relationship with Jesus Christ by setting aside... Uh, the the pull of of satan in their life he says i write unto you little children because you have known the father and so he's coming back to the term of little children this would be this could be the the very immature those who have just given their heart and life to jesus christ and he says i'm writing to you because in spite of the fact that you're new in the faith you know God the Father, you know you have a relationship with God. So in each of these cases, no matter uh, if they are a long-term Christian or a a Christian that is in the the mid of their walk or a new Christian, no matter who they are, all of them have a relationship with God. They have uh, that relationship and he says you can't forget that. In your walk with Christ, there'll be times when you'll be tempted by the world. There'll be times when you're tempted to 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 be a part of the things of the world. And John is saying you cannot forget the fact that you have a relationship with God the Father, that you are a child of God. You cannot discount the fact that you have uh, that you are part. You have a relationship with God. You're a part of the family of God, and part of maintaining that uh, obedience to God and maintaining that uh, that Christ-like walk is to remember that you're a part of the family of God. The thing that Satan tries to do consistently in our lives to draw us away from uh, from our relationship to God and to draw us into sin is to say, "Nobody's watching. You're no better than anybody else. Look at all of them. They're doing this." They're cheating on their taxes. They're going out to bars. They're going out and partying. They're, doing, uh, they're drinking beers. They're involved in drugs. They're doing all these. You're no different from anybody else. So why not be a part of that? John says in order to, be, uh, to cast aside the things of the world, you have to remember you're no longer a part of the world. You're a child of God. He says, little ones, you're a child of God and you have a relationship with God. You need to remember who you are. One of the things that as a young person that I've told my, uh, as a father that I've told my children, it's something that I was told as a child that kind of kept me on the straight and narrow whenever I went out and wanted to hang out with some of my friends was my parents would look at me and they'd say, Remember who you are and whose you are. Remember who you are and who you belong with. In essence, they were saying, you need to remember the things you do reflect on who you are, the impression that people have of you, and the things you do reflect on your mom and daddy. And that's that's really straight out of the Bible what God is saying here. Uh, John is admonishing those young Christians and he says, you need to remember who you are. You're a child of God and who you belong to. You belong to God. You're not a person of this world. You're not a person uh, that is still wrapped up in the things of this world. You are not someone who is, is still a slave to the things of this world. You are a child of God. He says, I have written unto you, fathers. He's going back again uh, to all the different groups. I've written to you because you have known him that is from the beginning. And I've written unto you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abideth in you. And I have written uh, and, I, and you have overcome the wicked one. So he's, he's telling those Christians you know God. You have made Him a part of your life. You have, you have, I'm writing to you because you're strong in the Word of God and you have the love of God in you. <coughs> All of these things that John is writing, he, it's like he's seeking to admonish, to encourage, to bolster them in their faith. And all of these three verses, verses 12, 13, and 14, all are related to reminding them, listen, you need to be aware of the fact that you are a child of God. You have the Word of God living within you. You have been taught better than... It's It's just like a parent saying, you, you know better than this. You have been taught better than to go out and act foolish to go out and and succumb to the things of this world you know better and when i was a kid my parent and my parents would say that to me there's the only thing you can do is say yes you're right yes you're right and the only thing you can say as a christian is unless you have just simply accepted jesus into your heart and then gone off and and hid under a rock. You know better, partly because the Spirit of God comes into our life and and begins to change and transform us from the moment we accept Jesus into our heart and life. He teaches us even without us and and instructs us in the ways of, of God and we're given the Word of God so we know the things that we ought to do. Today we have no excuse. We have the Word of God. We have His instruction. We have the admonition of the Lord. He has given this to us. In times before John, and and, and these young Christians in the faith in the time of John, they had the disciples. They had John. They had all the prophets before in the te- in the Word of that we now call the Old Testament, which was their law and the commandments. They And the prophecies, they had all of that teaching them about God's expectation for them in their life. And John says, you know what you ought to be doing. You know the things that God expects. And as if they needed reminding, because evidently they did, he begins to do that in verse 15. He says, you know all these things, but you need to understand If you've forgotten, verse 15, "...love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. And if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him." He says, in order to be children of God, in order to be children of the light, the thing we need to remember is is that we need to step away from the world. We We are not of this world any longer. We're not children of this world. He says, you're children of the light. He says, do not love the things of this world. And it it surprises me how much... This is so applicable to us today. We get so wrapped up with the concerns of this world, having a nice big house, of having a big fine car, being able to uh, to go on grand trips, all the signs of of uh, success that the world wants us to, to, to have in our lives. We get wound up in them and we get trapped in them just as much as the rest of the world. God tells us through His servant John, don't love the world or the things in the world. Don't, don't get so wrapped up in, in what the world thinks is important, what the world thinks is, is significant, what the world thinks is, is so important. Don't love the world. I I try and and stay connected to the things that are happening in this world for myself and for my children, and and I'm sorry, but there's a lot of people that are so narcissistic, so self-absorbed, they if they're not looking at themselves, they're showing the world that they're looking at themselves and they're constantly taking pictures of themselves and taking uh, pictures of themselves going on vacations and taking pictures of their food of their food, because it, it's, it's some experience that's so special to them and, and look at all this, how wonderful this is. I get to eat this and, and, and it's almost as if they worship their food uh, Look at how beautiful this food is i 'm going to eat it. Uh, look how luscious this this latte is, or this caramel macchiato is, or whatever it is It's some kind of drink' going just they get so absorbed by the things of this world. John says, uh, God tells us through John. Don't love the world. Don't, don't get so wrapped up in the world. Don't be, don't, don't, if you get wrapped up and love the world, then you're going to not love God the way you should love Him. He says, Love not the world, neither the things of the, world, uh, of the world. And if any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. He says, look, if you love all of these things in the world, if you're so wrapped up in those things, then you don't have room for God in your life. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. He says, if you have such a love for this world that you can't help but be involved in all the things of this world, then God's love can't be in you. And I look at, at at some of the people that are around us in this community. They have a love for the world they're so wrapped up in the world that they want to escape the problems and the burdens of being uh, of working and being productive and and being uh, uh effective for their family and and being responsible they want to be irresponsible they want to go out and have a good time and they want to go and 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 escape all those uh those bad th- thoughts of work and all that and they they get high they get uh they get addicted to these, uh, these drugs that, that are an escape for them. They love the world. And it becomes so consuming to them that they don't even care. They, they're so consumed by the love of, of that feeling that that drug gives them. They don't have room for God. They don't have room for their family. They don't have room for the responsibilities to their children. They don't, have, they don't even have a love for themselves their faces rot out because they're so consumed by these drugs and and their life becomes so consuming they implode on themselves. And you know, there's more harm out there than just oxycodone and methamphetamines, cocaine and marijuana and anything else you want to list, there are other things that don't seem to be as threatening but are just as consuming as those things are. And I'm not, I'm not talking about... Uh, uh, I mean, there there are things that are even as consuming and as innocuous as just simply trying to do to get a, a, the promotion at, at your job, or trying to get the next better uh, phone, or trying to get the the next level of automobile in your life, or or, or that bass boat or that uh, uh, next kill while you're out hunting deer to have the the most antlers on it, whatever it is that you hunters do that, that determines how good of a kill it is. All those things can be consuming to the point where you have no longer have time for God. Just simply playing games on a, an iPad or a computer or your phone can be so consuming that you fail to have time for God. Anything that keeps you from having time that you spend with God, God says, look, don't have anything to do with it. Because guess what? is taking the place of God. You might say, well, I, I'm, I'm good. I, I'm not hooked on weed. I'm not hooked on, on uh, crack or, or anything like that. But anything that takes the place of God is an idol. That could be even your relationship with your family. I remember pastoring in a church where I had some well-intended people in my congregation and they would tell me, well, we couldn't be here this Sunday because oh, the boy's got a game that he's got to go to. He's got a ball game. And then the next week, well, we had we went on vacation the next week. Well, we, we, uh, uh, we had uh, cheer practice for the girl. And... Every week, week after week after week, they filled their life so much with things that they had no time for God. Even when you go off and, and, and go to the Dairy Queen or you go off and uh, go on a trip to Niagara Falls or you go on a trip to the Grand Canyon or whatever, if you plan those things and don't take time for your relationship with God, guess what? It's an idol. It's of the world. And you're worshiping yourself more than you worship God. John says at the direction of the Holy Spirit. He says the world passes away. And he and the lust thereof But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. You know, it's nice to go on trips. But for the life of me, I can't understand these people that think they've got to go on a vacation every time there's a break at school. It's good to spend time with your family, but it's better to spend time with God. If it gets in the way of spending time with God, it's of the world. It's okay to spend time as a family ever so often, once or twice a year, but if you on a regular basis spend time with doing things other than spending it with God, it's of the world. It's an idol. You don't worship God, you worship those good feelings of vacation or whatever it is. God says, in order to be children of the light, we've got to say no to the world. Walk in the light, have be obedient to God, and resist the world. Those are the first three uh, demands of God to be children of God. And we'll look at the others as we go on. Let's pray.